I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show and podcast with the Den of Geek Network. I'm Aaron Sagers, as always, your host. Also, you can catch me on 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, as well as Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel, Discovery Plus, and HBO Max. And our sixth season is currently airing now. And this is a little bit of a different gathering because, well, first off, we're recording this live with a lot of guests but it's a show about the paranormal and now we are recording it in an allegedly haunted location in virginia city nevada we are at saint mary's arts center so i've got a lot of awesome people around me and we're going to introduce them and talk about the paranormal personality of saint mary's Arts center as well as virginia city at large and uh, let's go around and learn about everyone. First off, uh, Paul, I feel like you should kick things off because you are our guide and our host for the evening. So, Paula, tell us about yourself. I, my name is Paula Burris. I am the historical and paranormal tour guide here at St. Mary's Art Center in Virginia City. Um, been here since 2010. Uh, can't get enough of the building. Uh, I consider the spirits my friends. A lot of good people here. And you are also part of a paranormal investigative group. Yes, my group is called WIGS, Women Investigating Ghost Sightings. Did you start with WIGS and then uh, backtrack and figure out what it stood for? Or how did we get to the name WIGS? Well, we wanted to do, at the time I was ghost hunting with uh, Native American family members. Okay. But Nags was already taken, <laughs> so then we went with Wigs, uh, and uh, went from there. We've been um, together since two thousand and nine, okay. and, uh, and in the process of the ghost hunting and learning about it, actually, this lady sitting next to me on my my left, Janice Overding, um, got me kind of started with it by taking one of her classes through a local college. And in the process of all that, I met Debbie and Tom, and we've kind of lend each other a lot of support, help each other out when we need to. Um, great group of people. Okay, and uh, let's move on to Janice. Actually, before we move on to Janice, it looks like you've got some sort of uh, droid device, a very high-tech gadget that's attached to your chest. Is that so, like if you have a collision with a pedestrian, you're documenting the whole thing, or what's <laughs> yeah. the purpose of this? I, I, whenever I know I'm going to be doing an investigation, I wear a body cam because the chances of me seeing something, reacting, getting my camera over there, it doesn't happen. Okay. So I just have it. I have it going. Also, I do uh, fundraising, ghost hunts here, and um, I don't know a lot of the people and because where we're at, people have a tendency to party a lot, um, and there are some not so pleasant interactions that I like to have it. Um, okay, fair enough. Know, not y'all. Y'all are good. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, and Janice Oberdain, I mean, for people that have 
followed my work for a long time. Certainly, you've heard the name of Janice Oberdane, and we've had her on as a guest for various other projects throughout the past. I think this is her debut on Talking Strange. But Janice, prolific author and uh, investigator, tell us a little bit about yourself. And, um, you know, you have so many books, so plug some of the ones that, that you want to plug, recent ones, upcoming ones, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, well, I'm Janice Oberding. I'm a writer. I've written a lot of books. That's true. Um, my newest one is coming out October 1st. That's Amazing Nevada. And uh, then I have... Uh, Ghost Stories, of big book of Nevada, Ghost Stories, that's already out. And I do, uh, I'm a historian, I do research, I'm a ghost investigator, paranormal investigator, and I love this place as well. I've had a lot of experiences here, uh, ghostly experiences here if, in this building, if you will. And um, that's about all I can think of. Okay. Well, that's a lot, uh, and, <laughs> and in a good way. Yeah. And uh, Debbie Bender, uh, so we've known each other for a bit of time now, and uh, for people that are not familiar with your work, break down a little bit what you do, and um, you know, just your your footprint in this spooky world. Well, we Tom and I run Bats in the Belfry Ghost Tour, so it's a outdoor walking tour around town. We talk a little bit about history, all about ghostly activity. And kind of like Paula, where we do what we do because of Janice. I like to call her the first lady of Haunted Nevada. Mm -hmm. Title I think she's earned. Um, and I do a lot of research here um, on the history of Virginia City. I love this town. I love St. Mary's. I've had a lot of experiences here also. Yeah. And we've been doing the ghost tour now for almost 15 years. Okay. Right, and Tom, you want to add to that? Uh, tell us about yourself. Um, uh, my name is Tomas Cruz. Um, yeah, I've been with Debbie for... Um, well before the tour started and all along the tours and um, I basically don't do the tours myself I, uh, I follow along do traffic security uh, sign people up remove folks that are out of order you know and we've had a, a long run of good luck uh, some years are better some are, some are you know uh, not so good but uh, for the most part uh, We've been going strong, and uh, I love Virginia City. Been coming up here most of my life, and um, when Debbie first pitched this uh, idea to me, I said, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, and uh, and and everybody just speak up real loud when you're talking as well. Keep that in mind. And um, so, out of out of this foursome here, show of hands, who was originally from Nevada, from Reno? From Virginia City, who's who's from the area? Battleborn. 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 I, I grew up in Las Vegas. I was born in San Diego, but I've been in Nevada uh, most of my uh, since seven years old. I've been trying to keep it keep straight. Nevada instead of Nevada. Yes. Nevada. Say Nevada. 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 Okay, Nevada. I've been pretty good about it. I've been pretty good about it. Um, so as far as this location that we're in right now. Paula, why don't you break down a little bit about the history of where we are at, and then add to that maybe some of the the paranormal reports that have taken place here. And I want to say for anybody that's you know watching this in video form or listening to the audio, again, we are essentially doing an extended EVP session. So listen in. Who knows? Maybe you'll you'll catch some sort of voice or sound in the background that is not supposed to be there. 
So keep those ears tuned. So with that, that, that pitch. That could very well happen. Uh, they are very vocal at times. Um, this building was originally, it was built in, in uh, 1875. It opened its doors in 1876. It was a state-of-the-art hospital established by the Daughters of Charity. They were the sisters who wore the white coronets. Um, they are not cloistered. They renew their vows annually. So they had a little more freedom and were able to get things done. Uh, they also brought knowledge from the Civil War, so they understood trauma and triage, uh, which was uh, very beneficial for the miners during their accidents. They ran the hospital till 1897. Um, mining had peaked, it died out, they left Virginia City, and uh, Story County ended up buying the building for $5,000, and they ran it as a hospital till 1942. It was abandoned for 22 years and vandalized. Luckily, they didn't totally trash it. Um, these are the original floors. Pretty much all of it is original. Just things brought up to date a bit and up to code is the main thing. Every time we have to do something, it has to be brought up to code. And um, they ran it till 1942, or I'm sorry, I lost my place. Story County ran it till 1942, it was abandoned. And then um, they were going to tear it down. Uh, fortunately, Father Meineke was at St. Mary's of the Mountain Church. He loved history, he loved art. And he brought his curator from his gallery up there, down here, Louise Curran, said, what should we do with it? And she came up with the idea to open an art center, which her vision was to create a space where artists could live temporarily and uh, just focus on their work. They opened in 1964, and that's what it's been ever since. Paranormally, there's a lot that goes on here. Um, there are patients here. Uh, people are still working. We see a lot of shadows down in the surgery room. Uh, that hallway is pretty busy. You'll hear a conversation of two women. You can't quite understand them. Um, each floor has its own Things. They have a tendency to stay on their same floors. Um, and this last few years, about last three years, we're starting to get artists um, that are coming through and identifying as artists. Oh, as in like in spectral form. You're getting ghosts that you believe are ghosts of artists. Right, because what we try to do is pinpoint when they were here. Were you here when the sisters, was it a hospital when you were here? Were the sisters here? Um, if not, then were you here when it was abandoned? Because we don't have a whole lot of information about the abandonment period. Um, and once we can try to pinpoint when they were here, um, then we can go from there with our questions. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had clocks go uh, crazy when we were running a lot of people through the building in a short period of time where they just wanted time to go fast and people to go out. Uh, we get, uh, we have a, a room down here that I'll show you shortly that was where they held the mentally unstable until they could transport them to a proper facility. Um, there's a guy in there that is real fun. He likes to play blackjack. We use the dowsing rods. He tells us when he wants to hit his hand. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, well, that's pretty fun. I mean, it's just kind of all over the place. We have one room that was a children's ward. The kids are starting to really interact. 
Uh, it took us about four years to get them used to the Boo Buddy that lights up and talks. I'm sure it looked like sorcery to them in the beginning, but you know, they're coming around. Mm -hmm. uh, it just goes on and on, Aaron. It's, uh, we're four stories, and every story has its own group of, of people. Yeah, well, it's something that I've, I've, just in the short time I've been here, it is a really nicely maintained build, building, and it's, it's very comfortable. It's, right now, it feels very comfortable in here, and yeah, nicely appointed and everything. So, as far as places I've stayed overnight in that are, you know, haunted, but also maybe not the most comfortable places to be in. This seems pretty chill. Um, from the kind of the, the paranormal personality element, I would like to hear from each of you sort of what we would say is, you know, briefly that notable experience that you've had in this building, you know, whether it was perhaps, you know, scary or you felt like you were really communicating with something or someone, you know, what, what is that notable experience you've had here at St. Mary's Art Center from the paranormal perspective? I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to save you for the last, Paul, but, okay. uh, but Janice, do you have a story that perhaps you could share? I do. I have a two that happened um, during the same time. It was, I don't know, a long time ago, many years ago. I did a conference here, and I think there was an overnight conference, and I think there was like 15 people, and uh, we did a seance in the art room, which is the fourth floor. Where's the art room from here? Well, actually, the one that I was at. Yeah, were you here when we did that seance, Paula? I think yes. you were. Okay. And I believe that was in the, the theater. Okay. What's the theater and now? It was Allen, empty space then. Robert Allen was here? Yes. Okay. And we did a seance, and um, we picked up a lot of people, not necessarily from here, but um, some friends were here for this conference and felt like, which I'd never done before, like channeling this person. And uh, then Robert Allen hypnotized me and regressed me back to th that actually this person came through me here, which had no contact with this building. And then uh, the following day, everybody went up to town, to downtown. Nobody wanted to be here during the daytime. The only people here were my grandson and I. And he was about, I don't know, 10 at the time. And I was in my room looking over my notes what I'm going to do today and I he's running up and down the stairs running up and I come out and say damn it Justin stop running up and down the stairs and he's not there I look out the front door he's out in the grass out there hmm. way out there but I had heard him clearly I'd heard something running up and down the stairs interesting and people stay overnight here yes yeah. Okay. How many rooms are there that people? There are currently fifteen guest rooms. That's not a ghost. That's me dropping my cell phone. <laughs> fifteen, you said. Fifteen guest rooms. Yeah. Okay. And, and they can accommodate. Um, most accommodate two. I have three rooms that can accommodate four. Okay. If you put two to a bed. All right. And uh, can you guys share maybe a notable experience that you've had here? I think one for me is we were staying in that bedroom. Here, for some reason, at that time, everyone was scared to sleep there. Remember, and Tom and I, we'll do it. We'll sleep yeah. there. Heck yeah. And the bed was up against the wall, and there's another room that's right next to it. Was where Ron kept all of his equipment and stuff. 
know if you remember yeah, that room. Yeah, yeah, and it was locked. Mm -hmm. so no one could go in there. Okay, that's down on the second floor. No, that's no, right here. No, it was this one up here. That, that last room before the uh, psych ward. Yeah. Okay. And all night long, something was in that room, moving stuff around, banging to the point where I started hitting the wall, telling the ghost to knock it off because I wanted to get some sleep. Mm -hmm. And I went out and, and the door was still locked yeah. on the outside. But there was, they were in there moving shit around and making all kinds of noise and keeping, keeping same, me awake. <laughs> that same night we saw that figure in the window? Yeah. You saw a figure in the window, Tom? Yeah, it looked like a younger woman. Um, and um, it, uh, when I jumped up and went to the window with a camera, it was gone. Okay. And yeah, it it looked like it was, and it's something to, for somebody to have to. There's a spot you could perch yourself, but getting to that spot is. I don't see how they could. Yeah. And and Paula, I I'm assuming. Well, I wanted to say one. Oh other yeah, thing. please, yeah. One of the things that I love about this building is I've got a lot of EB, EVPs. We have in that room a woman speaking German. Okay. Downstairs, we have a, um, sounds like a guy speaking uh, Italian. Um, and then uh, um, other dialects that I couldn't understand. Does that? I couldn't recognize. Does that track historically, Paula? Is there? Yes. Yes. In the beginning, um, most of the miners and, and all those people, well, I have a copy that I'll show you of the original hospital registry downstairs. In the beginning, they were all Ireland, Irish people. And then um, Scandinavians started coming in, Italian, German. Uh, once it went, because the Irish came looking for gold, and then silver was found. And um, they didn't really know how to process it. So other people had to come and show them how to process the silver. Okay. And so, yeah, and, and you can see that in the... the as the years go by in the, the hospital registry, um, that the other countries are, are coming in more. Do you, on average, how much time each week do you spend here? I'm usually here a good 30 to 40 hours a week. Okay, so that's a lot of time to, to be steeped in this location. So what are some of the notable experiences that you've had here? Seems like there must be a, must be many and if you're here all the time. Quite a few, yes. Um, my very first experience was, um, it was a, a ghost hunt that was being put on by our one of our local news channels. Mm -hmm. um, and we had we were set up on the, the next floor down, the third floor, uh, with a monitor and, um, what I now know is the children's ward. At that time, I didn't know that. Uh, I heard, hey, and I turned around and there was a little boy. He looked about eight or nine years old, red hair and freckles. And when I turned to, hey, you guys, you know, um, we turned around and of course he was gone. Mm -hmm. That was my very first experience in the building. Since then, we've had the clock move, uh, we picked up EVPs. We have a great EVP from what we call the psych room uh, of some a male. It was all women here, and there's a male voice, and it says, "Hey, can you help me out?" Mm -hmm. um, footsteps. Uh, one night I was staying here by myself, working on an art project, and I heard heavy boots coming up the stairs. 
and um, they were it was definitely a male feeling uh, to the point that where I grabbed scissors to go see who the heck was in this building um, and it, it just goes on and on and yeah on. is there a location and anyone jump in is there a location in this this building that you find that just kind of creeps you out the psych room for me the psych room I've always, it's, it, I, don't, I don't know if creep out is the right word. Um, it's very sad. I always feel overwhelming sadness when I go in that little room. Yeah, that room is, we call it, the proper name is the way it was room. We have pers- purposely left that room the way it was when they came to look at the art center after that 22 year abandonment period. So it's, um, the the plaster's missing. You can see the the lattice and the the studs and and all of that. Um, and it actually has uh, bars on the window to keep the. Uh, is that right down here or yes? Yeah. It's yeah. at directly the end of this across. hall. Yeah. It's, directly across. Oh, directly across. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Down the end of this hall, yeah. right? So I can actually. Well, no, that's there. the theater that oh, you're okay. seeing. So walking to the theater, it would be just to the right oh, okay. yeah, right the, before the, going the, through the, that door the, there's the doorway and then that room okay i mean i'll i'll throw it out there if there's any anyone with us that's moseying around that wants to make themselves known this is your chance you've got a, an audience um but we're also not asking you to perform My editor is going to love that. He's going to hear like, okay, did we just lose audio for a moment there? No, no, <laughs> just give me a moment for if there's any uh, spirit specters uh, to come forward. So that, you know, that room maybe kind of is sadness and people tend to be overwhelmed by the, the psych ward uh, more than other spots in this building. That is like a magnet for paranormal people. Um, it was... How can I put it? Some of the paranormal investigators or people interested in it, they try to emulate certain individuals who are on television, and um, it's not always very nice. Uh, And it reached a point to where we call him Dave. Dave left. He left for like two years. Uh, he's just now, he just now started coming back. As in, you address a certain ghost by the name Dave that has yes, dissipated. Yes, he's, he's, uh, he's our, we have a few that are very consistent mm-hmm. in certain areas that, you know, we can count on them for our investigations to uh, participate. And Dave was one of them, but he got overwhelmed and, and went away for a while. Okay. Uh, but he's coming back out. I just limit the amount of people I let in there. Um, as far as scary or intimidating places, for me, there are none. Um, like I said, these spirits have become my friends over the years. I've never encountered anything bad here. Sure. Um, I. Everything that happened in this building, I can't speak for the abandonment period, but when it was up and running in one way or another, it was all good stuff. People were healing and doctoring. Um, even though minors may have been ill or injured, they were 
uh, being taken care of by the daughters of charity and most of they were so many of them were alone that even though they may have been ill they were felt nurtured by these women they were feeling a woman's touch taking care of them and then uh, beautiful art being right. created you know so I don't I have never come across anything bad in here I do want to ask you, you showed me this this very compelling piece of video of this clock just kind of spinning around, seemingly on its own, unmanipulated. Uh, and so that was really interesting, and you just referenced it again. Can you tell a little bit of the story behind that? Um, years ago, we uh, used to, there was a caretaker here that's different from today. And, and the three of us would do ghost hunting here all the time. Uh, and they were, Debbie and Angela were bringing people down from up on C Street and giving them a quick ghost tour, ghost hunt. It was about what, an hour, hour, yeah. two hours, something like that. And they had been doing this all, it was like Halloween weekend. Well, there was also a private investigation that was booked for that time period as well. So I came in to help that group while they were doing the C Street thing. And um, at when I walked past that clock at 10 minutes to midnight, it was running normally. And we came up here and we're here for about 20 minutes. And when we went back downstairs, the second hand on the clock was just spinning like crazy. And we, removed batteries, we were getting K2 hits, we put fresh batteries in, it kept going. Um, at one point I asked them if they were trying to speed up time so that they could have their house back. And all the K2s lit up. Hmm. And uh, I said, uh, making the clock go faster isn't gonna make the sun come up any sooner. And the clock went back to normal time. Yeah. It was Halloween Eve or? It was Halloween Eve going into Halloween Day. Day. And it did that three years in a row. Right at midnight, it would start. That's interesting. There's, it seems like this, and, and Janice, I think maybe this is something I'd like to hear from you about. This is a building that, in your experience, in your research, do you find that places that continue to have a very active and lively operation, such as an art center, that that kind of engenders a certain kind of haunt. I guess what I'm getting at is it, it seems like it's yeah. a place of creativity and it it's not a place that's been left to, to rot. Yeah, it know? would be uh, more positive. Like Paula said, the energy here the spirits here or playful something they're playful often like they're running or just appearing or taking something from your room when you're there something they're playful but they're very positive and welcoming I think also I don't feel like they're like in some place that you say is left to rot they would be get out and you'd record that kind of stuff that kind of EVP pushing you away they don't want any Thing from live people bringing good and positive creative energy like it's being brought here. And I think that attracts the good mm -hmm. positive spirits, I believe. Anyone want to weigh in on that? Any other thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I've been investigating this building for years. And um, 
when you said, you know, describe something creepy or whatever, throughout the whole building, um, yeah, there's things that'll startle you if you're not paying attention or um, on your guard, but uh, for the most part, uh, it's all been uh, um, much more of a, um, uh, a positive energy than uh, negative. I mean, there are some that uh, you can get some negative here and there. Um, and then, you know, ghosts get angry too. You know, you're, you're invading their space too much. But uh, for this uh, whole building, the only place that ever gave me, um, not really the creeps, but made the hair stand up on the back of my neck was the carriage room. Every time I go down there, it feels not negative, but something that I can't, and, it, and the hair stands up on the back of my neck. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing with St. Mary's is this has been a building that has been so well loved mm. every time it's been occupied. Mm -hmm. And I think that does make a difference to the type yes. of spirits that choose to remain behind. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's also, you know, yeah, sorry. please, please go on. You know, Debbie actually went, to, me and Debbie went down to the uh, Sisters, uh, Daughters of Charity and actually brought back letters from the nuns that described this place. Uh, some of them had a really hard time. Well, you want to talk about that? Well, it just, they, they just talked about like their daily life and the letters they would write back home. And I mean, even with stuff where they would have to get up at, you know, the crack of dawn and trudge through the snow to go to service, they never made it feel like it was a hardship to do stuff like that. They always they seemed seen great that they were grateful to be here and being able to do what they do because they were welcomed when they came here so greatly by the miners, you know. Like, oh, they loved, they loved the sisters. Yeah. The survival rate was the absolute best in this hospital. Um, they're phenomenal women. To me, in my yeah. mind, my perception of them is that they were like the first feminists. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they did what it took to get the job done. Their commitment was to take care of the sick, the poor, and the orphans. And if they needed to bend the rule, they'd bend the rule. They wouldn't admit it, you know, no, no, we, we would never do that. Yeah. You know, however. <clears throat> and they're still going strong. And they're still going strong. Yes. And these women were chosen from all over the world to come, uh, depending on what uh, um, uh, uh, diocese would send them. Yeah. Uh, if that's the correct word. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you still have those letters posted down there, don't you? Well, we're revamping stuff. Oh, okay. And they will be back up. Um, but yeah, they, they speak of their journey here. I mean, they, they were the three original sisters who came to Virginia City came in 1864 and they established the school in the orphanage. And they speak of their journey. They left San Francisco on October 5th. They took a steamer up the Sacramento River. There they got on the railroad and it went to Placerville and then they got on a stagecoach and went around south of Lake Tahoe and up here. So they left San Francisco on the 5th, they got here on the 9th and they opened the school on the 15th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were phenomenal women. Mm -hmm. Who was the sister you talked to? Oh, I don't remember that. Was sister oh, no, Margaret no. Ann? Was it Margaret Ann? Yeah. Yeah. I just I still remember there was. She's so. There so, was one that was an old lady. She was talking about all the men in Reno and gambling and drinking, and I'm like, she was none. But she was so funny and so cute and so sweet, and they were just wonderful. They're wonderful <laughs> people. Wonderful. So. 
with that said, so St. Mary's is this seems like the stories that come out of here are these somewhat positive ghost stories and the vibe seems to be quite positive in here and, and, and to the point of creeping things out, like you know, oftentimes if if you have an encounter with something that is unexplained or you do not understand, even if it's not intending to be scary it could still creep the hell out of you right oh, so yeah. like, that's, that's kind of that's kind of like my Tom take on it it's startling yeah it's yeah, startling it's, yeah i i would never define it as creepy i would it startled me yeah um sometimes where you, you pee a little bit you know but, that uh, sounds like creepy tom that sounds like the definition of creepy well, <laughs> if you're, you're adding you're pee a little bit <laughs> you're a paranormal investigator you're gonna get creeped out right but it's not creepy. It's you just startling. said creeped out. I know, but <laughs> it's just—it's yeah. momentarily. I'm glad if, I was. If, if I, to me, when I get creeped out, I'm out. I'm leaving. Oh, uh, see, that's like that's that's, that's the where my definition is. That's uh, the lies. separation for me, where it's like there's scared versus creeped out. There's like a because I I'm actually pretty easily startled. You could uh -huh. startle me. But I'll be like, all right, I'm, uh, oh, okay, but I'm going to continue doing the, well, that's, the job, that's you know? That's but, or that feeling of like, ooh, this is creepy vibey in here, you know? Yeah. But still doing the job. But like, scared or terrified is a whole other level yeah. of a thing. Yeah, yeah but, I'm not going in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's transition a little bit because, you know, St. Mary's has a certain kind of vibe. And then down that way is sort of the Virginia city that I think most people have seen and heard about when they come to visit or they watch the paranormal TV shows. So you have the Washoe club, you have the, um, uh, silver, queen. silver queen, the territorial enterprise, the, you know, all these other locations. So, and Janice, I'll throw this to you. What, how would you sum up the paranormal personality of Virginia city as a, as a whole, if you can, the personality, well, as a whole, I would say it's wonderful. I mean, it, that's what you, do you mean the people? The well, the more the paranormal element, do would you say that it's a, I mean, you've said it before, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've called this the most haunted. Oh, it, it is the most haunted city in Nevada. It's like, um, I believe it was Zach Bagans, the first time he was ever here, said it's the Disneyland of ghost hunting, and he was right, it is. I mean, uh, very few people come to Virginia City looking for some ghost experience that don't find it. Not necessarily like you said, they may be looking for something like a St. Mary's vibe, and they may end up with something like a Washoe uh, vibe on a bad night or something. I mean, but most people who come here looking for a paranormal experience will definitely find it. Well, break down some of those vibes then. What are the uh, what what are the vibes that we might get? You know, let's kind of bounce around spot by spot and give an overview. I mean, Washoe Club. The background is you know it was meant to be a club for the uber wealthy, right? right and right. then things kind of shifted from there. Yeah, and and in the what forties and fifties or thirties and forties, it was more for uh, people who. To live, people live there. A lot of people who didn't have a lot of money were living in there. Um, I'd say close to homeless people at that time in the 50s, 60s maybe. And there was, um, I know of at least one suicide in there, a shooting. One, yeah, so a suicides, maybe drugs. I mean, it wasn't really uh, 
a real homey type place, if you will. So that didn't have, didn't have power or running water. So no, when you lived there, you lived um, rugged. You lived rugged, <laughs> right? Oh, and originally it was you know you had the Millionaires Club, right? Yeah. And, and they and, had yeah. servants bring their water, right? Their, their candles and light and whatever. Very opulent decor, and it was meant and it was intended. And correct me if I'm wrong, Janice, you're the expert on this history, but intended to be a place where. You know the the silver barons or the riches of the rich could escape From the 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 ne'er do wells that were out on the, the street. Working class miners, yeah, right? They could, yeah, they could live well and visit with one another. They had a really nice library in there, and a billiard table. They had all the com probably more the comforts of home than most people had at the time. Mm -hmm. And now legend has, and Debbie, I'm not sure if this is actually accurate i personally don't believe it is but legend has that they actually brought prostitutes in there i, I don't, don't yeah really, i don't believe that yeah. that's true mm -hmm. i hear i heard one story where they the gentleman would and i think you might have told me this when they would go up the spiral staircase yes. go into their the club room and there was a back door onto b street and the gentleman would go out b street and there was a house there with kept ladies in it and they could do their stuff mm -hmm. and then come back in B Street and then use a spiral staircase and nobody would know that they have done that. Right. So they would go up a gentleman, come back down a gentleman. But I don't believe that prostitutes were ever brought no, in I there. don't either. And what are some of the haunts uh, that have been attributed to Washoe Club? Again, I think it's one of the more famous locations that have been on paranormal TV, but break down some of those, those well, reported ghost stories. The most famous is Lena or the lady in blue who was supposedly a prostitute, according to legend, who died upstairs somewhere. I'm not sure where she was supposed to have died. And some stories say she died of suicide. Others say she was murdered. Um, I know we've got, I, I know somebody we got some really great EVP where a woman was saying poison. So they assume right away that's Lena saying she was poisoned. Well, it could be anything, but that's the number one, I believe, is... Lena, and then there's a man upstairs. There's Scotty who killed yeah. himself up there. Uh, yeah. Give us a little bit more of that story. Um, if I may be wrong on this, I, um, I think it was his son had fallen down a well and died, and he just couldn't live with that, and so he took his own life upstairs. What year was that? That was like maybe the 70s. And is that documented, that story? Yes, it is. And, and then there's a little girl who died up there in the explosion. Her and her father died up there. And the gir little girl who's all over town who supposedly dies yeah, of a coach. This, right, that, yeah, coach. supposedly there was a coach, yeah. Yeah, break this down for me. I mean, explain that story. There was there's an explosion a, that took part of the building down from right. behind, and there was a young girl, and her father died in that explosion. And they believe that she haunts upstairs. And there's another little girl ghost that's been well, seen. Well, the little girl is seen all over town, and she supposedly, you know, there were. There, it is documented that children were sometimes killed by the co coaches, runaway horses mm -hmm. coming down C Street, and a little girl supposedly was killed there, and she haunts. Uh, the Grandma's Fudge Factory's one place she haunts. The Washoe Club Visitor Center. Visitor kind of Center. So yeah, that's a story that. Mayor and all the buildings kind of claim that was the building she was brought into when she died. Yeah. So, so it's kind yeah. of hard to know for sure. <laughs> Maybe they brought one. her in each the one. The story is out there, but it doesn't give an, yeah. a, a, a 
factual location. Have any of you experienced something that you've attributed to this little girl ghost? Yes, absolutely. Yes. We yeah. um, on our tour, we used to stop in front of one of the stores there that Working had toys tiles. in it, and um, we toys would have our we would have the our EMF meters out, and we would just get such immediate and great responses. In fact, Dave Schrader was on our tour when I she loved Dave. I've never seen her respond to anyone like she did to him. And I mean, just, you, you get it where it flashes for that yes, just right away. And then um, one night we had a bunch of people on the tour and they all decided to take a picture all at the same time. So it was like a giant flash. All the meters went immediately dead and we could not get her to come back at all. So then we started asking people to please not take pictures right there and would tell them why. We believe because the activity with the with the meters was so good in this this place that they would come back after the tour and start taking pictures yeah. in there, and then she just stopped responding to us yeah, a lot altogether. Of people brought their own Never TV, came back. Uh, their own uh, um, uh, audio recorders. Yeah, audio recorders and uh, K2s. K2s. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it, uh, and they would be out there well after our tour is over. We're getting ready to head out of town, and they're still out there trying to communicate. So. With, and shout out, free promo to Dave Schrader. Uh, Paranormal 60 is his current podcast. And he also from Ghost of Devil's Perch and Holzer Files. And, and yeah, that, that kind of tracks because Dave is a lovable dad type. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of works. Do you think, I just want to peel back on this, this child ghost a little bit more. Do you, each of you think that this ghostly girl that's been seen around town, is it... A singular ghostly girl? Is it multiple children spirits that are out there? What do you think? Do you, multiple. You say I multiple. multiple. I say multiple, but it's multiple. that one place is one. But around Virginia City, there were a lot of kids that were actually trampled by horses, run over by carriages. Um, um, so it could be multiple. Mm -hmm. Plus, there, yeah, I mean, there was typhoid fever that went through here. Um, winters up here were brutal. Um, pneumonia, bronchitis. I, there are graves in the cemetery of um, all the kids, and they died within days of each other, if not the same day. Yeah. Um, so why wouldn't they be running around, you know? Um, I mean, they're very playful. I think they're mm -hmm. still kids. The kids here... Um, love to play. They love to interact. Um, we don't ask here, uh, did you die here? Right. We'll ask them, do you remember leaving? You know, and did you like it here? And, and we try to keep it on the, a lighter note with the, the kids. It's always a good approach, and, I think, anyhow. And, and it's, it's paid off. You know, they, they uh, are doing that. But yeah, I think that there are a lot of kids here because in those times they were having I mean and again it was a huge Catholic community go forth and multiply you know? yeah it's, <laughs> just there to, were a lot of kids <laughs> just to mention at the you, you mentioned the cemetery that is a place uh, creeped out that is a place I've gotten creeped out in and it was in it was the morning it was pretty early in the morning and I was out going for a run and it was very brisk out it was november and kind of a mist moving through the town and that was a spot that i ran up there and i was running all around and just the the feeling of being watched of things being around i had heard some things while i was out there so that was definitely a creepy vibe 
And unfortunately, it was at the end of the run where I was already wiped out of energy and I was running at elevation. So, so I didn't have that much energy to run away. So, but that was a, 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 there's stories there as well at the cemetery, right? No. Well, okay, one at a time, one at a time. Okay, I'll, I'll throw it to Janice first because I haven't heard from you for a few. I have a friend, and the first time I ever met her was like twenty something years ago, and we met at the cemetery and we get out of the car and she says um there's a little blonde-headed boy over there and i'm looking because first of all i'm thinking she's telling me there's a kid over there there's nobody over there she says no i'm talking about a ghost she swore down there was a little boy and his sister an older girl with him and chris yeah a few people i've asked said there are kids that supposedly haunt that place so I don't. I just know that this person I'm talking about, Debbie, is a um, very good psychic medium. So mm. I would believe what she. Someone you me. trusted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about some of the other locations around here? Just to break it down for people that haven't been here, let's make this a little bit of a, you know, tourist brochure for them. The Silver Queen. Oh. Wow, got, no, Janice was about to jump in there. I was going to tell you, you told us you're staying there. I stayed there about eh, 15 years ago. We were doing a conference, and it was before everybody had cell phones, so it might have been closer to 20 years. No cell phones. I'm by myself. I'm up in the room, and I don't remember what room it was. I don't know if it was 11 or what. And it's about 2 o'clock in the morning. We're all done. I'm trying to fall asleep. And I hear the couple next door to me fighting. And he is calling her all sorts of names. And, and she's saying, oh, you know, she's crying or whining. Don't, don't. And he's calling her this and terrible, terrible names. And then it was like he shoved her against the wall. And I thought, oh, shit. I'm going to have to go find somebody. And this whole town is closed up. I'm going to have to go find a cop or somebody to make this guy stop it. And I'm trying to figure what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, it got really quiet in that room. So, okay. I thought, okay, first thing next morning, I'm going to report him. I go downstairs, and I, I think it was Connie. I don't know who the manager was at the time. And I say, you have a bastard up there who's abusing the woman with him. And she looked at me. She says, nobody's staying in that room. Oh, my God. And since then, I've heard a lot of people. I've had so many people tell me a story just like that from Silver yeah. Queen. All right, I'll keep that in mind. Because, yes, I am staying in the <laughs> Silver Queen tonight and, and tomorrow night. And, yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, I, I'm used to sleeping in uh, supposedly haunted locations. But this, is, I think, is kind of interesting because, because they, they really do roll up the sidewalks at night yeah. in Virginia City, especially in the middle of the week as we're recording this. So it's going to be dead, but maybe also not dead <laughs> to, tonight. So uh, uh, other other stories from the Silver Queen. And also, like, to just give a very thumbnail uh, history of the Silver Queen, if you can. And, and yeah, well, other stories. Built in 1876. 1876? Yeah, pretty much everything in town doesn't date before that because of the Great Fire. There's a few exceptions, like the Washoe Club. Is 1862. Always been used as a hotel? Um, I don't think it's ever been an actual, I mean the Silver Queen. Yes. Um, yeah, always a boarding house. Always. It was more well, down below was, yeah. was uh, a printing press, uh, um, uh, yeah, bars, you know, but uh, the, uh, 
above boards were always a hotel. The uh, there's I, I was speaking to the owner about this door that was discovered. I guess she said she tore down a wall oh, in the and then found a door. Yeah. Yeah. And did you it, look inside of it? Yes, I did. It looks like it looks like a an area shoot. where they had held uh, ice and and perhaps stored bodies at times. Uh, Is it that look like that? No, it was probably never used as um, a temporary morgue or anything that like had the wash of club has that story. More than likely, it was a coal shoot. Yeah. Okay, coal shoot. All right. Any other stories from the Silver Queen? Well, I was going to mention that uh, um, <laughs> me and Debbie have stayed in many places here, Silver Queen. Um, well. We've spent the night in the Washer Club uh, many, many nights. Um, uh, and we've, Silverland, all of these different places that we've stayed. Um, in my opinion, you'll get more visual um, finds at Silver Quentin. I've seen so many things with my own eyes. Like? Laying in room six, laying on the bed, and Three o'clock was, or 2.30 in the morning, I wake up and there's a guy sitting through my legs in a long nightshirt, sitting through my legs. You know, I'm like, what? And I go, I jump up and he vanished. And I, you know, I'm an investigator. I jump up, dropping equipment on the ground, trying to turn anything Did on. Did you pee a little bit? No, I didn't pee that <laughs> Do you, do you think in that instance, you're dealing with a- A residual. You think residual? Yeah. So okay, this is this is something I'm always thinking about. It's you go crazy trying to posit theories and everything, but clearly not the same bed that was there in the 1847. Right. Like so, right. so if it's residual, how would a echo, an imprint of a spirit, know to sit on that bed since well, that bed was not there, and it's not even was, knowing. It's like when an he echo. Was sitting there. It could have been a chair. Sure. In front of a desk. Sure. But he like was clearly was a in a nightclub. Um, yeah, it could have been it, a, it, 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 it was a boarding it's house. It's just yeah. where he yeah. happened to be. But he was sitting through my legs. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it was a little startling. Did uh, Was there any sensation uh, in your legs, like a, a coldness or a creepiness? To be totally honest, when I looked and I saw him in the mirror, uh, my first reaction was, what the? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't recollect any feeling in my leg. Right. Any other um, s- Silver Queen stories? Or? Um, There's I've a stinky seen man. The stinky man? I've seen the stinky, stinky man. Stinky man. And we feel bad calling him that, but we don't know his name. So it's up on the second floor. It's like all of a Always. sudden it will smell like a sewer exploded. Mm. And then it'll just go away within a minute. So we're like, oh, stinky man's here. But no visual with that. I, I've I seen haven't. him. And he looks like me. He looks like you. He, he wears... Uh, and I've talk to other people that have seen him and smelled that smell and they yeah they all well yeah he's bald and kind of chubby and you know and fat face and he's always wearing uh according to the reports and what i saw overalls some people say he's wearing an orange shirt or no shirt and when i saw him he had no shirt and he was coming from the the back of the hotel window down the hallway and then he vanishes all right yeah you get that smell and you can smell it downstairs. And it's always looking up. I was downstairs looking up when I saw him. Other people have, have seen him while they were up up there or downstairs. 
I just through, through the the holes there. I feel bad for all of the uh, things that have been blamed on the stinky man. That was perhaps <laughs> oh, yeah. stinky yeah. people. That somebody, had. somebody let some some serious gas go. Yeah, yeah. Any any other stories? Good way from, to hide it. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, sti- stinky man's here. Stinky man. A uh, a a lot of different things there. And uh, what about? I mean, anything else worth mentioning about the Silver Queen or? Any other locations that you guys want to? Night in fourteen, when we saw uh, we saw the guy sitting in the the barber chair. No. You don't remember me waking you up? No. <laughs> we were in room fourteen, and there's they had the fourteen actually has a separate bathroom, and there's a bar, uh, um, a bartender's uh, a stool uh, chair. Okay. And uh, um, uh, sinking in the bathtub, and I'm laying there, and I get up and. Um, happen to see someone sitting in that chair looking at us and I go to wake up Debbie and then it's gone mm-hmm. you don't remember that mm-hmm. what about selective memory what about some of the other locations in town that you think are notable or deserve perhaps additional mentions you know we have again Washoe is probably the most famous Silver Queen's quite famous Piper's Opera House Piper's. Yeah, yeah Piper's is real good so uh, let me throw it to you Paula talk, talk to me a little bit about Piper's Opera House and if you can so, share a little bit of the history you but know, some of the things you've you've experienced I've done there. very little investigating there and they were with large groups um, I'm looking forward to being able to do just a small my own group by ourselves I personally haven't. Too popular. Well, it was the the paracons. Yeah. The groups were just too big, too many people. Um, but it calls me. It, it pulls me, especially the balcony. There's one area in the balcony that I truly would love to get up to. Unfortunately, you can't. Uh, oh, you can walk on the balcony now. Yeah. Since uh, when? So time and it's opportunity. It's been a while since you can do this. Sweet. I heard. Time and opportunity. <laughs> okay. Take your group. Are just being held up by these poles. Okay. I not walk on there. <laughs> and the floor is spongy. Okay, that doesn't sound. Uh, I don't want to contribute to the ghost problem in the in the opera house. But walk with a harness. Yeah. It, <laughs> any Janice, have you had any experiences at this Piper Opera House? Um, I've done a couple investigations with not quite that large, but large groups, and I have a dear friend who lives here in Virginia City, Chris who's an actress and said yeah many times when she's been in the dre- dressing room there's the ghost supposedly grabs women in the butt and he's come up and pinched her in the butt and he does when people are there performing and stuff okay uh, okay a goosing ghost yeah and, <laughs> and is there any location that you think is primed to get a little bit more attention or either we, you would like to see get more attention for its perhaps uh, paranormal happenings I mean I think the St. Mary's Art Center I think is definitely a, a prime example yeah. of that and you know you're you're definitely open to paranormal investigators coming here yes right um, what I run into a lot is that people want us to just cut them loose and we don't it, it reached a point because we had so much um, provocation and people just not being nice that it required uh, a dozen or well actually one, one of my group has to be with the group now we don't need to be a part of your investigation but we do need to be present 
sticky fingers too. Yeah. 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 And and because we are an art center, we do quite often have um, very expensive art here, and uh, we just have to monitor. You know, but we are open to the paranormal. I run a monthly paranormal thing, um, and then we do two fundraisers overnights a year, um, and 100% goes to the art center for maintenance and rehabilitation where we can. Just our way of giving back and keeping the door open. Okay. Janice, so overall, like, why is Virginia City so haunted in your opinion? Well, I think because there was, uh, at one point, Virginia City was, um, had a high, very high suicide rate. There was a lot of violence. People didn't value life. I don't know if it was everywhere here. The people died like in their 20s. They thought nothing of, you. I don't like the way you look. I'm going to shoot you. Or you, you stood too close to me at the bar. I have to kill you. Or you said something I didn't like. So a lot of violent death. Um, a lot of suicides, a lot of prostitutes kill themselves, understandably, when they were very young. And life was very cheap. And then I also believe, my personal belief, which Debbie and I are supposed to be researching this more, is that um, spirit, a lot of spiritualists were here at the time. It was very popular upon B Street. And they had their clubs. And they had their seances, and they regularly called spirits. And you know, when you open up a seance, come, come. But they didn't necessarily close it right, so there may be some spirits wandering around because of that. And then there was Eileen Bowers, who was um, what did the Washoe Seeress, mm -hmm. and she did fortunes and fortune telling. She did seances and. Um, supposedly she interacted a lot with uh, people in the cemeteries and I believe she's responsible for a lot of it too yeah the spiritualist connection to Virginia City I don't think is very well known and it's it's definitely not I don't think it's very it's publicized all that much is there is there any even markers or no, talk about it in that's town what we're supposed to be working on that well because it's i mean it's such a fascinating get to it this winter yeah in the downtime why what would bring the spiritualists to virginia city uh, well uh, what gold? brought them here originally was that there there was a this was because there was no tv or internet or anything uh people regularly came to piper's in the opera house here the uh, Opera House in Gold Hill people, that's how, that was their entertainment. Right. And the spiritualists jumped onto that. Hey, we can go do seances, we can go um, talk to these people. And so they jumped onto that and then the women, women mostly uh, got onto that and um, came here to speak. And op more people, there's one out in the cemetery, La Lavinia, I can't think of her last name now, is a spiritualist is buried out there, supposedly haunts the cemetery. Um, that's And so that's how it started here, I think, is for the entertainment purposes, that there was nothing else. They were like celebrities. Yeah, yeah, it was reality TV because, at the time. Uh, it was... Yeah. It was. Alfred Doten, mm -hmm. okay. He ha he wrote, you know, he did the three journal. Well, he did many journals. They only have three. He wrote uh, every day what's going on in Virginia City. He also did seances with the, the dial, which is a precursor of the Ouija board. And he fell in love with almost every spiritualist 
every speaker that was cute, he fell in love with her and wrote about her and stuff. So yeah, basically that was it, entertainment. And that was during the boom years, obviously. Yeah. And uh, at some point it must have just petered out and then they, they moved out or? Moved to California. Yeah, they did because yeah. one of them, uh, uh, Forrest, Laura Forrest Gordon became the second uh, female attorney general in California and she began speaking up here on spiritualism and stuff like that and ended up down there in politics. So yeah, you're right. A lot of them did end up in California. Interesting. Okay. And then just finally, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the territorial enterprise because Virginia City is widely acclaimed to be the place where Samuel Clemens became Mark Twain. Mm -hmm. um, and the office of the, I forget exactly how long he was working here. and. He was, three or four years. Three, not three very, four long. Years. Yeah, he, not very long. And he wasn't really, uh, a lot of people were not really a fan of his work while he was here. <laughs> so t talk a little bit about that because I always love a, a good Twain uh, Clemens story. But Okay, well he, he, what I think is funny about Mark Twain, he really didn't like the paranormal. He didn't like ghost people. He made fun of the ghost people. Uh, he, he thought people like that were foolish. And when he was here, he would write little stories referring to how stupid ghost people were. And then, after he died, years later, he supposedly wrote the book, Jap Heron from the Grave. You remember the two ladies in St. Louis said he dictated that story to them through the Ouija board. So I thought, you know, that's kind of ironic. He didn't believe in ghosts, and yet he comes back after death, after and, death. Yeah. and does this book. and. The book got slammed. They said uh, if that's the best he can do from the great beyond, he should just leave it alone. Mm. And his daughter, only living daughter, sued them because they said this book was written by Mark Twain from the grave. She successfully sued them to take his name off of it. Good. Yeah, so, and, and it's in the brief time he was here. I mean, I know he wrote a lot about like sort of the gossip and the scandal and whatnot of town, he right? He witnessed uh, the execution of the murderer of Julia Bellette too, and he wrote a long, John Millian, yeah. yeah, he wrote yeah. a long missive for I think the Chicago Tribune about what it felt like to watch this person get executed. And she was, since we didn't mention her before, she was um, a, a, a working girl, right? Soiled or, Dove. Soiled Dove, yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, his, you know, Julie Blitz kind of a hard subject because historians throughout the years have disagreed on everything about her, even like down to where she was born. Um, some people think she came from France. Some people say England. Some people say Louisiana. But she came up here and she was very, very popular with the men up here. She, um, some stories tell that she, you know, she had a big house and mm -hmm. was dripping in jewels. No, she was, you know. <laughs> a middle-class prostitute at best. Right, but she gave so much to the community. Did she, she really, did. though? I wonder See, about because that. She, well, she was a good businesswoman. If these miner, if there was a mining accident and the miners were hurt, she went out there to help nurse them and save them. Well, she was protecting her income, basically. And, I mean, that was a smart businesswoman back then. And um, she was found brutally murdered. They arrested John Millian for it about a year later. I believe he was innocent. I do, too. He did not speak English very well. I think he was set up, um, and they, they hung him for it. 
Was he? He was an Italian. He was uh, French. French. He was French. Yeah. French, yeah. And I and thought that Twain Jan- wrote that about witnessing that. January twentieth, eighteen uh, eighteen sixty-seven. He eighteen sixty-eight. She was murdered in sixty-seven. And yeah. he was hung in sixty-eight. And he was hanged yeah. in six. Yeah. He. Yeah. yeah. But that was. Um, the, if you want to start an argument with the historians in this town, bring up Julia. Bring up <laughs> Julia Bullet and say, okay, um, is that her picture, the one that they show all the time in the, you yeah. know, the, I don't believe that's her. I don't think that's her either. Because but historians will yeah. tell you definitely that's her. Yeah. The is. one with the fire helmet? Yeah, yeah that's I don't think not, that's her. I, I, don't I, think think the, her. I think the one in the, um, the bucket? bucket is her. And, they they say that her ghost is seen around town. Yes, right? yeah. mm-hmm. at the cigar bar, supposedly. That's that legend. And I always I tell you know we tell a story street. on our tour that you know if you're after we talk about Julia a little bit of her life and her death, um, I always tell people you know if you're walking down the boardwalk really late at night and you hear footsteps behind you, you turn around and there's nobody there, not to worry because it's just Julia making sure you're okay in her town. And I believe that's true. I believe she does kind of keep an eye on people. I think she ha- maybe haunts that basement. I've had people say, you know, the, the legend is that uh, the undertaker was in love with her and couldn't bear to part with her body. So he filled her coffin with rocks and sent that off to Flowery Hill to be buried and kept Julia there in the basement for himself. Um, yeah. It's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> the true. legends are fun, yeah, like the monkey. Yeah. Oh, the monkey and the dynamite, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, you can't say monkey and dynamite without <laughs> explaining that one. Who wants to, Paula, you want to so, tell that story? The The property here was originally owned by General Bob Bocklet, and he had a beer garden up here. He also had a pet monkey that did a lot of tricks for the fundraising and festivals and stuff. Well, he um, was trying to create a more stable explosive for the miners to use and he was working on one that he had so much faith in he kept it in his apartment up on b street which was part of the washoe club mm-hmm. um and there was a large explosion uh, the legend is the monkey did it caused the explosion got a hold of that stuff but the miners or the people who work with explosives tell me there's absolutely no way that the monkey could have did it because there's too many steps. They would have had to get the the blasting cap and a fuse and blah blah blah. You know, which I don't know. I'm I think he did explosive. it. Though. I don't you think, think so. the monkey did. I found that darn monkey. Janice, Janice is pro monkey and dynamite. <laughs> I found a letter on, in the New York Times from um, 1873 from a, a, that was written by a gentleman who had visited von Bachlin a couple of weeks before the explosion. And he said that Von Bakken showed him a case of six bottles of nitroglycerin, the grape powder, and oil-soaked fiber all kept together. I don't think we needed a monkey. Yeah. yeah. So you mean he could have done it? He could have done it himself, but the monkey could have done it. <laughs> he might have stubbed his storage. toe on the, the case, and, and it would, I mean, six bottles of nitro? Yeah. No. And, and nitro, that was that old uh, uh, production of nitro, very estate. Wait, one at right? a time. With yeah. the great powder. <laughs> yeah. Wait, one at a time. You said that... <laughs> that explosion with the monkey was the one that took down part of the Washoe Club building and killed the little girl and her dad. Okay. And, and a couple, I think a few so other people... So I thought people, it was her, mo- her mom. 
No, because her mom, wasn't it something like, uh, and then one of the other children, she had to bury another child that had died not too long ago. They're all buried up in Gold Hill Cemetery. Um, that I'm not, I'm not sure of. I just have the, right, I think the, the mom, like, article from the explosion, Yeah. Um, which was very Ella, descriptive. Ella Dean, wasn't her name Ella Dean? I don't Am recall. I thinking about a different one? Let me talk about St. Mary's because okay. that's where all my research is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and is, does Mark Twain haunt the Territorial Enterprise uh, basement, um, the office where his desk is? At least somebody stays on track. <laughs> I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible because this was a happy time. He, he was a young man and he didn't have the worries and things that he had later in life with... I think it's possible that he does. I mean, maybe not, but I think it, it's possible if it's true that ghosts may go back to a happier time. I believe this was probably one of the happiest right. times in his life. Carefree, he was partying and drinking every night with his pals. He didn't yeah. have to worry about his wife nagging. You know what I'm saying, he had a pretty good life here. And um, his brother down in Carson City, his niece is buried in the cemetery down there. You, you know that, right? Little Jenny Clements, and so yeah, I think it's possible. I know he's he's well, a ghost that gets around. I know he supposedly does. haunts, uh, of, you know, New York City, and uh, I guess his home in Connecticut as well, if I recall. It's but but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, with this, uh, I do not apply rules. Mm -hmm. So, but here's one for you. <laughs> not I'm thinking about this on the fly. Maybe. Samuel Clemens haunts the Territorial Enterprise, and Mark Twain haunts the other places. Maybe the the oh, ghost no, of no, who no. Clemens was. <laughs> we have sticks a saying around. here in Virginia City that Samuel Clemens may have been born back east, but Mark Twain was born right yes, here. Mark so Twain we claim Mark Twain. Not okay, Samuel you claim. Clemens. Okay. Mark. I told them that at the Hannibal birthplace. I told her Mark Twain was born in Virginia City, and she's all uppity. <laughs> he said, well, okay, Samuel Clemens here, but Mark Twain was born in Virginia. Yep. Hmm. Yep. When Mark Twain, uh, Samuel Clemens first came, he was at the print, print uh, uh, the newspaper at the Silver Queen. Um, and then he went to the Territory Enterprise. Oh, okay, it yeah. Was yeah. Supposedly, I don't, I don't think, supposedly the first office for the Territorial Enterprise was where the Silver Queen building is right now in the basement. I don't think that's necessarily but accurate. But it wasn't called the Yeah, it was. It, it was? It was 1858 when the Territorial Enterprise first started. So yeah. it actually, so, he, that was that yeah, Silver he Queen? started. No, I don't think it actually right. was. I think, I, I think that's one of those things but that kind of gets confusing. He started. It was, yeah, after the Great Fire. It, everything gets confused. Everything yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. And then at one point in time, they just... <laughs> Randomly changed all the addresses yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I so it is. It's, it's really hard. But I, I, I believe the Territorial Enterprise newspaper has always been in the building that it's in now. Okay. I think. Well, uh, as we wrap up, any other final thoughts about St. Mary's Arts Center and the research you've done here, or paranormal personality here, or just Virginia City at large? It's a great place, and people should come visit. Yes. Okay. We, we love our city, and you will too. And as uh, and uh, your time to plug, sign off. Tell us where people can find you, support you, and keep up with your work, Janice. Okay. Well, on Tuesdays they can find me here in Virginia City at the Right Stuff Antiques. 
the rest of the time they can find my stuff on uh, Amazon. Your books. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And for anyone that's listening to this, in November we'll be here at uh, Comic-Con. Uh, the uh, soulcircleparanormal.com is where you can get tickets for that. Investigating uh, a couple locations around here, giving some talks, all sorts of good stuff. Paula. You can find me right here. Um, most of the time, the best thing to do is check our website at www.stmarysartcenter.org. Um, we have a list of the everything we do here. Uh, I run a monthly paranormal. You can email me personally at tours at stmarys.com and uh, or .org. I'm sorry, and. Uh, you can book your tour online. Um, if you become a, a third level membership, you can actually stay here. You can come and stay here and ghost hunt with us on Halloween. And in the spring, we do a paranormal painting pajama party. Um, you paint on the pajamas? You can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's about it. Yeah, the website's the best place to go. Okay. And uh, Debbie and Tom? Um, we, we are Bats in the Belfry Ghost Tours of Virginia City. You can find us on our website, virginiacityghosttours.com. And we offer guided ghost walking tours around Virginia City. All right. Well, this is Talking Strange, recorded at St. Mary's Art Center in Virginia City, a supposedly haunted location that we're going to poke around in and look, uh, maybe, maybe talk to some ghosts, interview some ghosts later. But in the meantime, I'm Aaron Sagers. This has been Talking Strange. And remember, until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.